Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. And this photograph today comes from the Lower Rogue River in, uh, in Southern Oregon. Really cool area. The Rogue River is awesome. I think it starts up outside of Crater Lake, and then it kind of flows down through Southern Oregon, comes out near, near uh, Gold Beach or so, I think. But it kind of, it, at this section, I think it's cutting through... Uh, some of the Siskiyou range in Southern Oregon as it kind of goes down, but really beautiful spot. This is a Blossom Bar. Blossom Bar is one of the most technical, or I think maybe one of the most challenging or uh, most infamous features on the Rogue River as you're going down there, especially through the uh, the wild and scenic section. At least it seemed like that. There's a few other things that seem difficult, but but this was a really tricky spot because there's so many boulders, as you can kind of see in there. It makes that channel, that navigable channel, really pretty narrow and in this shot we see this kayaker kind of right in the pocket of that that really tight stretch of the of the the rapid there in blossom bar but it's really cool i'm really happy that we caught him right in that section and, and i think i just got this in one frame this was on a film camera the f4 you can see more of my work at billynewmanphoto.com you can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. I was learning this, um, this tactic called uh, feather sticks. Have you guys heard of that? It's, a, it's like a bushcrafting term. I hate that word. I'd way prefer like camping or hunting or something like that. But in the world of bushcrafting, which I'm sure you can YouTube, there's uh, this, and it's actually a really uh, brilliant idea. And, it, and a lot of that stuff is great of, uh, of generating the skills that you'd need to, to run, to, to manage yourself in the outdoors. And, and the thing, kind of the thinking behind it is the more that you know about how to work with your environment, the less gear you need to carry with you. And, and really the, the, the more apt you are to make proper choices in a short period of time that will help you out. So that's, uh, that's really helpful. So, you know, just kind of like having fire building skills or knowing what to do and how to set up camp or how to run a tarp or how to get water, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, in this case, you take some of these sticks that I'm talking about, some of these drier ones, you take your knife, your sturdy bushcrafting knife that people so like to talk about. And I think you take around 24 inches of that stick and kind of break them down to 24 inches or so. And then what you're supposed to do is take that knife and sort of, what would it be like kind of like peeling a potato or something or like, you know, if you got to like kind of peel a carrot, what you want to do is kind of start at the top and then you want to peel into it. You kind of cut in with the knife just a little bit and then you'll run a slice of that down all the way down to the, the end of the bar. But you don't, you don't slice off that flake of wood that you've been pulling up. You try and make it pretty thin too. It's called feather sticks for a reason, right? So you, you try and kind of make it, uh, like a thin strip of wood that's kind of pulled up from it. And the wood will just kind of naturally curl up on itself as you chop on it. And it takes a lot of getting used to. You kind of have to get to, I don't know, you got to get the hang of trying to get those feathered pieces down because you, you, you have to hold it onto the stick itself. So you, you cut down all the way to the last like two inches or so of the wood and then you leave it. And so what happens is that you cut, you kind of rotate the wood and then you cut down, rotate the wood and cut down. And so what you get after doing that for a while, is just a bunch of these real thin um, flakes of wood that are all gathered up at the top end of this uh, stick. And then you have a nice dry piece of kindling that's sort of uh, worked down 
next to it. And so what you do is you, uh, you people, a lot of bushcrafting and camping stuff is just doing a lot of preparation and a lot of work that sort of seems like, man, should have brought a lighter or, you know, should have brought some newspapers or something that would have done more. <laughs> but, but if you're into bushcrafting, yeah, that's one of those things you can do if you have nothing, nothing around. Uh, but yeah, you make these feather sticks and they're, they're good fire starting material. If you get the right wood that's, uh, that's dry enough, you can kind of run down and yeah, get these plumes of these, um, these kind of sod or not sawdust, but these little like plumes of wood flakes and they'll, they'll burn up real quick when you get, uh, when you get a fire going on them. But, uh, what I did for this one, oh, the other fire tip, what was the one I heard? Cotton balls and Vaseline. I hear that's that's like the fire starter ticket because it's pretty uh, pretty neutral. You can use the Vaseline for a couple different things and the, the cotton balls too. But that petroleum jelly, that petroleum jelly that makes up the Vaseline will rock a fire. And the cotton too. So yeah, you just you take a cotton swab from the bathroom, the Vaseline, you put that in like a Ziploc bag and then you pack that into one of the pockets of your backpack. And you can get a fire going with a lot of stuff or you can get the base of a fire going with a lot of stuff. Like that would work great. Even with like a... Was it like a flint flint rod. I can't remember what the other word is for it, but uh, those flint rods that you strike and then you yeah you run a uh, a spray of sparks onto it and stuff. You can do that. I always bring a lighter or a couple lighters with me. I got one in my pocket right now. But uh, but those are really easy fire starter tools where you can light that. You got a good flame going for a sustained amount of time, running off the petroleum jelly and the cotton, and then you can stack smaller uh, twigs and sticks and stuff on it. And then run bigger branches on that really quickly, and that that helps out a lot. In my case, I didn't have that. I had a couple uh, a couple napkins from lunch, and I had some fern that I spotted over here, and it had died out. So there's these uh, these dried out uh, fronds of fern leaves over I don't know about 50 feet over here under the the side of the road. So I went over there with my knife and I cut down a couple handfuls of those. I came back over to the fire. I laid out a bed of uh, the smaller sticks at the base. And then I uh, stacked in a bunch of the the dried fern as a bed there. And then I put uh, some of the, the strips of paper towel that I had balled up in a section there. And then I stacked up kind of a little fort, like a little lean-to fort of some of the smaller sticks. And then I had some of the bigger sticks sort of ready to go. But lit up the, uh, the what was it, the paper towel in a couple, in like two spots is what I tried to hit. Lit the paper towel in two spots with the lighter. And then uh, real quickly, I just kind of held over the ferns, those dried ferns, and they lit up real fast, too. So that was a great fire starter piece. And that cuts, you know, cuts a big flame really quickly. And then I put that over it, and then that kind of got the lower ferns sort of burning and some of the sticks going. And then I, I threw on those uh, the smaller twigs over it. And then that caught and threw the bigger sticks on there. So dropped a couple logs on there. Yeah, I was kind of scavenging them from some of the other fire rings that I was passing along the way. Even though I'd gone out, what was it, a couple, I don't know, it was probably a month or so ago now, and I collected a good bit of firewood up in some of the the areas outside of, uh, of where I was working at. And, uh, yeah, I'd kind of I'd drive around, and if I see, like, some, some downed, dried-out wood on the road, I'd throw it in the back of the truck, and then I brought it home, and I cut it up, and then I stacked it up. And so some of it's kind of seasoning out now. We've got a little fire pit at home that we're kind of we're kind of using it with. But uh, I was going to bring some of that, some of the, the twigs and some of the kindling that I had. And then I forgot about it and didn't bring any firewood with me, which is fine, too. Oh, you know, it's cool. Really, almost any time I've gone out camping in the past, I've never brought firewood with me. Even probably at times I should have or, you know, in places that you're not supposed to scavenge firewood or that it's been so used that there's just no firewood in any capacity left to scavenge. Gosh, where was that? Is in Wyoming? 
yeah, I was in Wyoming. We were traveling. We were camped out at a spot. And campers just go through there. We were in September, so I'm sure, you know, it's just been constant use from, uh, you know, April until then, right? You know, it's just been constant use, and it's been like that for the last 100 years. Or how long? Hmm? You know, we're not the first, but uh, not in that area out there, uh, there had just been nothing available to burn. So all the all those flammable resources have been collected by other uh, other kindling hunters in the past, and and it's kind of interesting to see how that goes. So we we kind of had to be resourceful, and we had to kind of figure out how to gather enough stuff. But we did pretty well, you know. Like uh, we, we result, um, you can kind of go to like pine needles and pine cones sometimes. Those uh, those work pretty well and are often pretty dry, and will burn well enough. They're not going to be a sustaining fire. They're not going to really like uh, get up embers going to the degree that you could really cook on in an effective way. But but you can cook on it. I mean, you can get some stuff going, and uh, and in some other ways, you can get you know enough of a fire going that you can you can get a log going. So that's, that's normally what I would have is, you know, you have like one or two good logs that, uh, that can kind of keep things kicking for the, the evening. But, uh, to get that going, you need to, you need to have some smaller stuff. And normally that, that you just try and find where you show up. Cause Hey, you can't be, you know, there's going to be sticks around. So you try and gather that stuff up, but man, if it's a busy area, that stuff will have been scavenged. Shoot. But that's not my problem now. So I'm, uh, I'm loaded up on some firewood, and I got a good bit of coals going that I can get this stuff uh, stuff rocking with. You can check out more information at billynewmanphoto.com. You can go to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support if you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with. If uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it. If you're interested or, or feel more comfortable using Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash billynewmanphoto. I've been trying to learn Unix. I've been trying to learn like the, the Mac OS command line terminal stuff. I don't know if you guys have learned any, uh, any stuff in, sh in a shell language before. Way back, like years ago, like back in the 90s, you guys might remember when you, when you got your first PC at the family. And like when I was a kid, I really wanted to play video games. I wanted to play video games so bad. But all the video game installation systems for Windows PCs, they were all this DOS-based system. So you had to put in the disk, and then you had to like go into DOS, and then change it from the C drive to the D drive, and then do some command line thing that I did not understand at all at the time any of those directions were way over my head so it was always like so hard and frustrating i remember just having kind of like a, you know panicked frustrations about trying to get command lines to work and not understanding what you're supposed to type in or that there's commands you're supposed to put in it was always so frustrating i learned it a little bit and i've gotten into computers when i was young and so i figured out some dos stuff early but i was never proficient in it i could never really move about a file system in a command line before and so it was cool i i, I didn't really know anything about the mac os system i know that uh, it's Darwin. I know that Mac OS was based on Unix and like the Unix uh, file handling system, kind of the same way that like Linux is based on that. And uh, Unix is like the old command line system of file management stuff. I think that was back. I, there's all sorts of stuff I don't understand because there's like the PowerShell system, which I guess is more for scripting languages or for. I guess there's a lot of powerful stuff you can do on that server side, and then there's a lot of stuff 
originally that stuff was set up as where it's like more like a file cabinet system. And I've been kind of learning about that. I'm not an expert on any terminal stuff by any means, but it's been really cool kind of getting a bit more understanding about how to get powerful use out of a Macintosh computer. And uh, it was cool learning a few commands on it. I guess if anybody wants to try it, I'd go into, well, I'll tell you what I've been doing. I don't know if you guys would want to do this, but um, I've been going into terminal. I installed a new shell in terminal called Fish. When you first get started with shell or with the terminal on Mac, it's the Bash shell. You can learn, I guess, what that stands for. It's like the Born Again shell. I don't know. It's something that came out in the 70s. It's, you know, it's like early 70s, right? I don't know. This stuff goes way back for uh, for computer stuff. But uh, but I installed like an updated shell that gives me a couple different color modifiers, and it kind of helps. It helps fill in. It helps auto-complete some of the stuff that you're trying to do in command line, which saves a ton of time and makes your my syntax use way easier because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know when to put a space. Do I put a dash and then a space and then a letter, or do I just not? Or how do how do I pipe a command? What am I doing here? So uh, none of that stuff I really understand. And so the auto-completion stuff of a more modern shell that you install on top of that makes a big difference. But first, it takes a huge amount of time. I guess you can type in man, man. And that'll be that. That will bring up like the manual for Unix or for all the Unix commands. You can kind of get a handle on how to learn that. But really, the best way is to go to YouTube and to follow a tutorial for a while of, of learning some of the basic commands. Some of the basic ones that I've learned is like CD for change directory. That's how you you like move from one file to the next file. So if you're in like oh I'm in my users folder, but I'm going to go to my documents folder now. So you do CD documents, and then it moves you to that. Then you type in ls to list the contents of the folders in that. And then, like, you look at that, and then you can open up those programs in a writing program, or you can create files. That's been really cool. I've learned how to do that. The other part that I've been learning is, um, and I, I've not messed with this before either, but is, uh, is with, like, Homebrew, which I guess is a package manager. It's kind of so you can download programs from the Internet, or you can download additional utilities or applications into Terminal, and then run them from terminal. It's pretty cool. There's there's ways you can do more advanced things where you can get, um, you know, just like your Mac OS apps that you would probably likely want to download. You can get those through terminal if you'd want to install. But with a lot of these installation packages, it's for, it's for these really interesting kind of applications that are quite old, like they're 20 or 25 years old. Like you, um, I downloaded an email program that was new, right? It was a command line email program, I think called Alpine. It was made by like the University of Washington back in 2001 was the last time it was updated. And you're like, hey, wow, that's pretty new software. No way. That's cool. Uh, But you can look around and there's all these different formulas. Like there's MP3 players, there's file converters, there's video converters, MPEG converters, there's like system utilities, there's disk usage utilities, there's networking utilities. There's games, like I put Zork on there, I put Tetris on there. Uh, I've been trying to like learn a few things uh, on just you know how to open stuff, how to run stuff in there, and it's been kind of cool. There's there's all sorts of environments in there that I just had no idea really existed, but there was a whole like functioning computer system that existed without the graphical user interface that we put so much time into. So anyway, it's been uh, it's been fun. Uh, it's just kind of a hobby thing, but uh, I've been trying to learn a little bit of productivity out of it too because there's uh, like I would ever do this, but there are some interesting things that you can do. One of the commands that I thought was interesting was the sips command. You can probably look that up, like man sips, man space sips for the the manual for the command sips. But I guess that's the like a Macintosh image processing 
thing, something, commands, uh, system. I don't know what it does completely, but there's cool things you can do with that where if you have a folder of images, say you find a directory and it's got a folder of images, but those are all large images and you want to resize those for the web, you can duplicate that folder. This would be the process I would do. Is in the GUI, I would, I would make a copy of that folder. I would navigate to that in command line and I would type a command like sips space and then the name of the folder or like the, the size of pixels I want the image and then the name of the folder and it would process in the command line it would process all those images to be resized to that format and to that size so it was interesting I did an experiment like where I was taking uh, some photos that were like five megapixel images and then I would drop those down to 400 width pixels uh, or you know like a, a, a 400 pixel width image that I could put up on a website and it was cool. I could just take the whole folder, and then I could write the command, and then you could see it process out all those images. And then you go back, and it would be a resized image. It was really cool. But it's just interesting kind of seeing your computer work and then understanding how to layer in commands and get some action out of it. I hardly know how to do anything. I'm totally novice at it. I can barely kind of move up and down the file system and get something interesting to look at. But most of all, it's just kind of me like looking at it and go, huh, how about that? But I don't know how to use it at all. I mean, there's so many system developers or, or like network analysts or you know people that actually like get into computers that aren't in media. And for computer development or for for application development, there's still like a whole range of uses and applications and systems that people that are in that really get into quite deeply. So you can kind of see like how powerful these tools are, and at a certain level. When you're trying to get into powerful tools, you, you just move into terminal. You move into everything that you can do in Unix. It's really interesting. So it's been kind of fun to do. I'll talk about it more in uh, kind of a fun, goofy way. But uh, yeah, man, getting into Unix. Thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Hope you guys check out some stuff on BillyNewmanPhoto.com few new things up there some stuff on the homepage, some good links to other other outbound sources some some links to books some links to some podcasts links to some blog posts all pretty cool but yeah check it out at billynewmanphoto.com thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast talk to you next time